Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. His nets off, keeping a watchful eye on D'Angelo. Reflects D'Angelo's outlet pass, but Carolina is able to work it into the Washington zone. We're poking him, D'Angelo score! Expires right now. Three minutes to go in the third. Ovechkin plays it outside. Kuznetsov. Carlson, one touch. Orlov score! At the doorstep, it's 3-2. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. I'm going to guess this is a Monday morning for you. If it happens to be a late Sunday night, welcome to your late Sunday night. I don't know what your schedule is, but I'm glad you spent some time with us after each Hurricanes game, whether it's the evening of or the morning after. We are always brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it there online, aluminumcompany.com. I've been saying this a lot, maybe because we have a couple of drafty windows and I need to make a call, but if you have a drafty window, Aluminum Company of North Carolina has what you need. Aluminumcompany.com, go online for a free no-obligation estimate. Uh, Canes lose to Washington 4-2. It was really a, I mean, to say a seesaw game, I don't think does it justice. Uh, Carolina dominated the first. Washington dominated the second. Carolina dominated the third. But it's 4-2 caps, and we will explain why. Uh, We've given Alec Campbell the night off, so if you want to turn it off right now, because you won't hear Alec Campbell, and we won't be talking about soup or drinking straws, then that's fair. I totally understand, and I miss Alec as well. Schedules and such were difficult today. Uh, took my uh, my kids to the game as well. Uh, but hey, look, we have a job to do, right? So uh, it just wasn't going to work out that Alex going to join us, but he'll be back on Tuesday night after the Canes play at Dallas. A little bit of a later start, by the way, 8.30 start Eastern time there. All right, this goes for all sports. Does it make a difference to sport? Uh, especially when you are dealing with two outstanding teams, and that's what we saw tonight. Uh, The standings will tell you that the Washington Capitals are in first place in the Metropolitan Division. That's really because the way the standings are kept, they only go by points, which I get. Not a big deal. 
Carolina still has the best point percentage in the entire NHL. So Washington has played two more games. They have two more points. If Carolina goes to Dallas on Tuesday and Washington does not earn any points between now and the time Carolina's game is over, if the Hurricanes win, they're back in first place. It's all silly, and it's all accounting at this point. Uh, we'll add it up at the end, uh, and all you got to do is be in the top three. I'm pretty sure that Carolina will be in the top three in the Metropolitan Division, but you never know. It's a great division, uh, and Carolina has some things that we probably need to work out, and we'll talk about them uh, over the course of the next, oh, 30 minutes, probably. Not going to be a long one. Uh, it's a little chilly, maybe, for your morning walk. But in all sports... Every team, again, especially when you're talking about two outstanding teams, every team is going to have their moments. And when you have your moments, you got to make them count. You got to make them count when you have your moments. The first period, Carolina's moments. No scores. No goals. Second period, Washington's moments. Two goals. We'll get to the goals. One was was pure luck. But, eh, luck happens, right? Third period, Carolina's moments. Two goals. And then at the end, a little, un, uh, little misfortune, a little bad fortune. Didn't work out. Uh, Washington gets a power play goal after a five-on-three opportunity, which I'm not even going to argue with. So I thought it was the right call. Um, but Washington scores, and then Carolina just couldn't find... Uh, another one in the last three minutes or so. Couldn't find another one, and that's it. The, the The penalty came with five minutes left. I believe it was five minutes left on the clock. Uh, then the, uh, the second penalty was about 30 seconds in. Carolina kills off 90 seconds of a five-on-three. Did great work there. Anderson made some saves. Carolina had good puck retrieval. Uh, got it out of the zone, but then... At five on four, Washington moved the puck around. I think it was Tom Wilson. I think it was Tom Wilson that slid it across to uh, Dmitry Orlov. And uh, that was the game winner right there. Uh, so it really boils down to if you go back, first period, Carolina's the better team, didn't get anything out of it. If you get one, then you're not chasing the game and you're certainly not as far down as you were. Entering the third. Now, Carolina played great in the third. Got it all the way back to even. If they could have closed it out, at least gotten overtime, they would have gotten a point. Washington has not won an overtime game yet this year. I think 0-5 after regulation. Uh, But Carolina didn't get anything out of the first period. And ultimately, when Washington came back in the second, Carolina found themselves down 2-0. But the third period was great. The third period was absolutely great. All right, let's just start the game, start, start off talking about the first period. Uh, and again, Carolina was better in the first. They had better better scoring chances, more of them, more shot attempts. They were just better. Uh, but one thing Washington was in the first period, chippy. There was just a little extra from Washington. And we have to expect that. First of all, no Nicholas Backstrom, no TJ Oshie, no Anthony Mantha. So you're talking about three guys that play in their top six. That's a significant, well, three significant losses. And what it does is, first of all, like Carolina can, 
Carolina can overcome for personnel losses with organizational depth, and they're also equipped to play a rugged style. Well, Washington is built that way. And what Washington did was they just filled their lineup with aggressive players, a little bit of agitation, the Garnet Hathaways of the world, who's playing in a top nine situation right now, uh, Nick Dowd. They have guys that know how to get under your skin. And I'm not even talking about Tom Wilson here uh, because Wilson is, honestly, he's an elite player. He's a great player. You know, yes, is he, uh, d- does he, does he cross the line? Of course he does, but he's still a great player. You know, he's not quite Brad Marchand, but I mean, Wilson is an outstanding player. And by the way, he's second on the Capitals in goals. Yeah, that's right. To Alexander Ovechkin, obviously, but the, the chippy stuff, the extra stuff just kind of carried over into the second where, to me, Washington was significantly better than Carolina, and they got rewarded for it with a couple of goals. There were big hits from the Hurricanes, of course. Uh, Ian Cole, Brendan Smith had some big hits. Um, But, again, this Washington team knows how to get under your skin. Here's a good example of it. So uh, this is when Washington is on the power play. And... uh, so it's a shot. I forget who took the shot, but Freddie Anderson gloved it. And, you know, we're going to have a face-off. But Wilson just kind of takes a couple of whacks, subtle whacks at Anderson. Anderson's already frozen the puck. And this is after the whistle when uh, Wilson takes the whacks at, uh, at Anderson. And Smith comes over and he whacks at Wilson. So Wilson's going to go down. He reaches up and he grabs Smith's visor and pulls him down on top of him. Now, this is not Wilson. This is not, rather, Smith, uh, you know, going to the ice and giving uh, Wilson the extra stuff, the business, as uh, ACC ref Ron Cherry would say. This is Wilson, you know, crossing the line a little bit not dangerously, uh, but pulling Smith down on top of him. So Smith's whacking him. So Wilson goes for the slashing of Anderson, for slashing at the goaltender. And Smith goes for roughing because of, you know, with Wilson on the ground, he's just repeatedly cross-checking him in the midsection. I mean, it's possible that nothing is called if Wilson doesn't pull Smith down on top of him. It's possible. But, I don't know, that's just, that's just the way Washington is, and everybody knows, knows it going in, but it's just the little things that Washington does. And, again, this is, this is part of Washington's game, to get under your skin. And, frankly, it's kind of interesting. I'm not put off by it. And I don't think it's what cost Carolina a game. All right, a couple of uh, quick things about uh, before we get back to uh, to the game. Um, Carolina passed the puck too much tonight. Uh, and not always. Usually, if you make the extra pass, like in basketball, uh, that's a good thing. 
I don't know that that's a good thing uh, all the time in hockey because I thought Carolina passed the puck for equal or lesser shots far too often. Far too often. They made passes that had no chance of getting through far too often. And a lot of times, their passes were just poor. Behind players, there was a pass to Ajo across for a one-timer that was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't on the tape. It was probably two feet short of that. Uh, so he doesn't get, I actually, I'm trying to remember if he fanned on it or if he just got the heel of his stick on it. Uh, Svechnikov fed Stahl, who was coming down the slot. It was great play. Stahl had to go skate to stick, and he did a great job just to get a shot off, but has to be a better pass there. So Carolina did a lot of that tonight. Their passing was too too often and too often too off. And so that kind of stuff, and I think that leads to the power play, and we'll talk about the power play uh, in a second. In the second period, here are both Washington goals. And Washington came out much better than Carolina to start the second, and you should expect that because Carolina was the better team in the first period. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin's 19th goal of the season at 11.58 was a very simple play. I think it was uh, Wilson that won the puck along the wall, and he feeds uh, Orloff uh, just just inside the blue. I don't know if he fed him or just the, the puck just got to Orloff just inside the blue line. So Orloff beats... Uh, Jesper Fast. He gives the puck to Ovechkin, and then Orloff goes behind Fast and comes down. Uh, you know, from the uh, the the left point angles towards the goal. Ovechkin gives him the puck back, and because Fast was beaten from the blue line in, he's behind the play. Orlov has the puck. Pesci has to come out to stop Orlov. Otherwise, Orlov is just walking in alone on uh, Freddie Anderson. And Pesci goes down because he sees that Orlov is going to try and pass the puck back to Ovechkin. Uh, and Pesci couldn't stop the pass. Faust almost gets back to Ovechkin. He actually got his stick on Ovechkin's stick, but it didn't stop the goal. So that made it one nothing at 11.58 of the period. 59 seconds later, uh, Alexei Protus, uh, rookie from Belarus, who was a third-round pick a couple of years ago by the Caps, uh, he's just in the corner with the puck, and he throws it. I think Carl, maybe Carlson had touched the puck first. I think Carlson got the assist on it. Uh, but he basically just throws it out in front, not even anywhere near the goal, but it goes off Tony D'Angelo sticking in, or skate rather than in. So it's 2 nothing. Washington was better in the period, earned a goal, and then got a break. 2 nothing, But then, in the third, Carolina kind of flipped it, and they came out absolutely on fire. Uh, and uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, who I think has played incredibly well, I think this is his seventh straight game in the middle, and he has been excellent in the middle of the ice, and I hope he stays there because he's a, a really good player. Is a little bit of a glimpse of Carolina's future, by the way, with Kotkaniemi playing center, because I think he's going to be here for a long time playing that position. Uh, and he makes a play in uh, just to kind of keep a puck alive. He gets it to Jordan Martinuk, and then ultimately he finishes it off. His nets off, keeping a watchful eye on D'Angelo. 
Flex D'Angelo's out the pass, but Carolina is able to work it into the Washington zone. We're poking in. Yeah, that was that was a big goal. It came early in the period, got Carolina in it. But they were already uh, playing very well in the period, but that now you get the reward for your efforts, uh, and you could see they were buzzing really for the next ooh six or seven minutes. Uh, it was a matter of time before Carolina was going to get the equalizer. I felt, uh, and it actually happened right after a power play. Uh, now, real quick on this power play. Uh, I forget exactly. I I was calling him David Faraday all game long. Um, It's one of Washington's uh, new guys on defense. Uh, Let's see if I can uh, get it here. Uh, Martin uh, Fairvary. I did the best I could. Uh, He hooks Aho, who was sort of coming in alone. He hooks him, uh, takes Aho off the play. Uh, Sebastian, I think he got a shot off, but it went wide. Uh, so he's going. I mean, it's going to be a penalty on Fairvary. Uh, but Nick Dowd, with a flourish, finishes Aho off into the end boards. I mean, I kind of think it was two penalties on two different players. But they let that Nick Dowd, uh, you know, shove into the boards go. And I know from one angle it didn't look bad, uh, but it was. it happened basically in front of us. And... I kind of think it was bad, and I think it was dangerous, and I don't understand why it wasn't called, but whatever. Uh, Carolina was going on the power play. Uh, The power play was not great. We're going to talk about the power play, 0 for 3 tonight. But after the power play, just as it was expiring, as it turns out, uh, Natchez brings the puck back. First of all, Natchez tried to give it away, as you'll hear here, but then he makes the play to help finish it off. Pesci to Natchez. Ten seconds left on the power play. Natchez will give the puck away to Eller. And Lars Eller tries to find Haglund, but Natchez intercepts that pass. Carolina back in. Pesci, Natchez in the slot. They score! Nino Niederreiter with the equalizer. 6.28 on the clock and the Canes have tied it at two. First of all, first goal in a month for Nino. Remember, he missed six games to lower body injury. Uh, but he hadn't scored since the Boston game on November. I'm sorry, on October 28th. And today, as we're, we're recording this, is November 28th. So it had been a while. And Nino's played better of late. Uh, but he needed. he's a guy that needs to be rewarded for good play. And he got rewarded on that goal. Natchez gave the puck away with a soft pass uh, at the end of the power play then went back into the neutral zone, and Nick Dowd returned the favor, uh, tried to kind of saucer a pass, got too much air under it. Uh, Natchez just knocked it down and then brought it back into the zone, left it for Pesci. Pesci gave it back to Natchez, who found Nino in the slot drifting in, uh, and Nino just went uh, upper 90 to uh, over-the-glove side uh, of uh, Sam Sonoff, and it's 2-2. And there's 6.18 left. And you're thinking, man, this would be awesome to come back on Washington as many times as Washington has come back on Carolina. But it was not meant to be. A little bit later on in the period, um, 
I guess there was about 5.15 left. Carolina's, uh, the Trocheck line was out. And um, kind of a loose puck along the right wall in the Washington defensive zone. Uh, Ian Cole goes down to try to keep the puck in the zone. The puck bounces out. Uh, Washington's coming out. Four on two, it looked like. Um, Seth Jarvis busted it to get back. Uh, Brendan Smith and Nino Niederreiter are out there. It's probably the worst combination of players for Carolina uh, based on speed, defensive acumen, and strength. Uh, but that's what it was. And ultimately, Jarvis almost got back to Nick Jensen in time, but uh, late on the play, he has to he basically hooks Jensen, eliminates the scoring chance, and Washington goes on the power play. Here's my feeling on uh, that entire play. Uh, in that I don't really blame Ian Cole for trying to keep the puck in the zone. Uh, Carolina had been feeling it anyway, and there was no... Uh, there was no let up in the way they were playing, and I appreciate that. Um, Brendan Smith and Nino Niederreiter were back. I don't know where Vincent Trocek was in the play. Um, maybe he was going off on a change, possible. I'm not sure. Um, but it shouldn't be Seth Jarvis's responsibility. Now everybody's got to get back, so I'm not trying to absolve Jarvis here. Uh, but Nino was back in position. He's got to take Nick Jensen. He's got to take the deep guy. Because Jensen on the right wing, and he's a defenseman, obviously, but Jensen on the right wing was the deep guy. And Jarvis just could not get back in time. Nino was there. So it kind of bothered me that Nino didn't go take uh, Jensen and let Jarvis get the trailer in the middle of the ice. It almost seemed like Nino took the easy guy and left the hard guy for Jarvis, the rookie. And ultimately, it results in a penalty. Washington goes on the power play. Sebastian Ajo slashes the stick out of, trying to remember who's, it was uh, Protus. Slashes the stick out of Protus's hands, and I thought, I thought that was a penalty. You can't, you're not supposed to be able to, uh, you know, uh, whacked down on an opposing stick, and of course that stick broke. And when you break somebody's stick, it's like an, an automatic penalty. So I know Rod was hot about it, and I get it, but even after the game, and you'll hear it a little bit later on, even after the game, Rod said, yeah, it was a penalty. It was a slash. Um, and I understand the things have been let go all game idea, but we shouldn't play into that because, I don't know, it's... To me, it was a penalty. And unfortunate. And you lose not only uh, a, a, one of your best penalty killers, you lose your, you know, your, your best player and for two minutes. And Carolina killed off the five-on-three, but they couldn't kill off the five-on-four. And right after the five-on-three expired, uh, Orloff uh, on the doorstep right behind Anderson, who's a pass across. Uh, and it's 3-2. And ultimately, the empty net goal is just window dressing and accounting, and you lose 4-2. Uh, so you trail Washington in the standings now. Washington 14-3-5, Carolina 15-4-1. Uh, the Rangers are, uh, I think, two points behind Carolina at 13-4-3. and 
Before we get back to a couple of other things, let's hear from Nino Niederreiter, the goal scorer, who, again, hasn't scored in a month. I talked to him after the game. Well, I mean, not the, not the result you guys wanted, but just talk about the challenge that Washington presents, especially coming off a long road trip. I mean, they're a, at the end of the day, they're an elite team. They have some high-end players. I mean, they play such great hockey. I mean, they've been playing for the last few years. They've been obviously on top of the, the list from the NHL. And, I mean, you can tell. I mean, they come in and they, they, they work and they, they're a dangerous team. And I think we compete very, very hard and we are right there with them. Yeah, first period, you guys really were on top of them. Just didn't get anything out of it. You feel like maybe you left one out there? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other day, I mean, if the, the goals are going in early on in the game, it's a different outcome. But the other day, I mean, we stuck together and we came down from a 2 nothing into a 2-2. And I think that's something which we can be proud of. And obviously a couple of penalties at the end, which kind of killed us a little bit. But mm-hmm. it is how it is. And uh, But I think overall, it was a very good game for you, us. How do you put that out of your mind on the bench when... That, that play was allowed for 40 minutes or 50 minutes and suddenly it wasn't? I think that's what the, was everyone who worked up about that thing. Like if you let everything go at the beginning, you got to make sure you just call it. Don't call it at the end. I mean, especially in the games like that. I mean, there was 2-2 going. I mean, there's such a great hockey game. And I think at the end of the day, decided who, who was going to win. And that's something which shouldn't happen. You were playing so well, then you have the injury. It, it, I feel like you've been building towards this how have you felt the last few games? I feel like it's getting better and better. I mean, obviously coming off a lower body injury, it's, it's tough to come back. I mean, the game is, is fast and you got to make mm-hmm. sure you're 100%, especially speed-wise. And if you're not, not that, then you're kind of fighting in, in the game. But I think the last two, three games have been better and I'm trying to work as hard as I can to get back where I was at the beginning. Let's talk about the power play real quick. And in just a couple of minutes, we're going to hear from Sebastian Ajo also about the power play. Now, six games without a power play goal. They're 0 for 14 on the power play in that stretch. Now, in and of itself, that's a problem. Six games, a team as good as Carolina has only been in the penalty box 14 times. It's an average 2.3 penalties power plays per game. They got three today, and they went uh, 0 for 3. Uh, and frankly, none of the power plays looked particularly good. Remember the games in, game in Seattle? I thought Carolina had two power plays in that game. They looked great. They looked great. Both power plays looked really good. They just didn't score. Uh, power play didn't look great in Philadelphia. They didn't need it. They scored six goals. Um, but I just, I just feel like, first of all, they might need a change-up in power play units and, and j- just in terms of the combination. Uh, and I would expect that maybe for the game in Dallas. But too much passing the puck around. Not enough power in power play. Not enough physicality. Not enough traffic in front. Uh, they're not using the middle of the ice. There's nobody in the bumper position. Uh, just going back, and I don't want to compare anybody's power play to Tampa's last power uh, last postseason. Because that's unfair. When you've got Stamkos on one side, Kucherov on the other, Braden Point in the middle, uh, Victor Hedman and Alex Kalorn just uh, roaming around the net. I mean, you're, I don't know, how many Hall of Famers are there? Four? Four Hall of Famers? I don't, Kalorn's not a Hall of Fame player, but uh, he's a really good player. Four Hall of Famers and Alex Kalorn. So I don't want to compare any power play to that. Uh, but Carolina has done a poor job of late, certainly, of using the middle of the ice. It see it almost seems like they want to keep it open for the for that seam pass, 
But those passes are not getting through right now. So why not put somebody in the middle of the ice, in between the circles, and force the defense to honor that? And maybe it will open up some more stuff from behind the goal. Carolina's getting nothing from behind the goal on the power play. They're not getting a net front presence at all. And these are things that, I mean, they'll eventually come back. But right now, Carolina's power play is hurting it. They're almost, they've given up two shorthanded goals uh, since their last power play goal, if I'm not mistaken. Was it a shorthanded goal in, wasn't San Jose? Was it the short, oh, a shorthanded goal in, in uh, L.A.? And a shorthanded goal, uh, where else was it? Was it Seattle? I don't think it was. I'm sorry, but they've given up a couple of shorthanded goals. Oh, uh, Farabee. So in Philly, now they won both of those games, so maybe Carolina should give up more shorthanded goals. But they've given up two shorthanded goals since their last power play goal. And that you can't. I mean, that's obviously unacceptable. Uh, so the power play does need some fixing, and we talked about it a little bit, among other things, with Sebastian Ajo. Not that you wasted uh, a great third period because the first 15 minutes was obviously spectacular, but you just your your thoughts on how it all ended. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a sucky way to lose a game. I mean, just, you know, uh, did pretty great job actually on the PK on all night and then, you know, uh, it's a five-man three, so, yeah, that hurts. But, you know, it's hockey, you know, uh, Anything, we can't do anything about it anymore, so, yeah. Uh, these these games against Washington are physical, and they're angry, and I mean, just your thoughts on playing, you know, just in this rivalry. I mean, they're fun games. I mean, crowd is, uh, you know, they involved, and, and uh, you know, two good teams. You know, there's a lot of skill, a lot of, you know, high-intense games, so uh, uh, those are... Probably one of the funnest games to play, and uh, obviously uh, for the fans too, there were several great games. Power play's been struggling, and even though that wasn't a power play goal, it came right after the power play expired. <laughs> what What do you guys have to? I mean, how do you? What do you change with the power play to just get it going again? I uh, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the, uh, a lot about it is confidence. You know, you got to make plays because it doesn't matter what place you're running there if you don't execute for two or three passes before you you know get a shot mm-hmm. and then when you do get a shot you uh, just got to you know put the puck in I mean it's it's simple but you know sometimes it gets uh, a little tricky there but uh, yeah obviously the both teams PK was you know on point tonight mm-hmm. so uh, they did it obviously a good job but that's not an excuse not you know for our power play now not not the score. So now you guys go back on the road. You get it. <laughs> yeah, we go for one game. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's just you can't do anything about it. You just follow the schedule. So I'm not, you know, it, not very surprised. You know, like it's just like <laughs> NHL, right? There's right. a lot of games. So it's, uh, it is what it is. All right. One more thing I want to talk about traffic in front. Part of the reason why Carolina didn't get anything out of the first period was while they had a lot of good scoring opportunities, there wasn't any congestion in front of Samsonov. 
But if you look on the Kotkaniemi goal, who's in front of the net? Stephen Lawrence. So you have the play made by Kotkaniemi just outside the neutral zone, just outside the offensive zone, and the play made by Martinuk just inside the neutral zone to get the puck free and then give it back to Kotkaniemi. And there's Stephen Lawrence in, right at the front of the net, taking the eyes away or at least distracting Sam Sonoff enough where Kotkaniemi has time and risks a shot through. But you need that. And Carolina has not had enough of it of late. They need more of that. Um, and when that stuff comes back, like I said it to Alec in an intermission for Philly. This is a team that needs some greasy goals. They just need the hard-working goals. Rebound tries, uh, you know, fighting for a loose puck around the net. They didn't get any of them today. Uh, it's still a team that is almost seems like it's trying for the pretty. And pretty is good. But Rod Brindamore will tell you, pretty doesn't win. And they're lucky that they have a lot of skill, uh, but they have to start taking advantage of some situations with their hard work because they're usually a very hardworking team. They, they worked hard today, uh, but they're not working hard enough around the net. And that has to be, that, th- that has to get better. Uh, it has to get better around the net. Uh, Vincent Trocek, no goals in his last six. He has no points in his last six and one goal in 11 games. Jordan Stahl, 13 games without a goal. Tavo Teravainen, eight games without a goal. Those have to change. I mean, those guys need to produce. Uh, Turbo doesn't need to score a lot, but he's got to score some. Jordan Stahl has an impact on the game in other ways, but 13 games without a goal can't happen. Vincent Trocek, I actually don't think has been very good of late. Uh, he has certainly had, had good spurts, but I don't think for the most... We have not seen anything like the Vincent Trocek for, of a year ago. We have not seen anything like that. Uh, he has looked a lot more like the Vincent Trocek, who was a very good player in Florida, but, you know, just very good, like 50-point... 45 to 50 point good. We have not seen the Trocheck of a year ago, which was essentially a 60 to 65 point guy until the end of the season when, when Trocheck leveled off the last seven or eight games or so, uh, maybe even a few more were not very good in terms of uh, getting on the score sheet. But Trocheck, that line has to score. And I thought that line, even though Nino had the goal that was at the end of a power play, Trocheck, Nita Ryder, and Jarvis. Uh, I didn't think we're very good today. Uh, they certainly weren't dangerous at all. Uh, and real quick about Seth Jarvis, I think he looked every bit the 19-year-old today. It's the first game that I've seen Seth Jarvis play where, yeah, it wasn't his kind of game. It wasn't his kind of game. Uh, either that or he just didn't play well, which you have to allow for that. Uh, but it was not a great Seth Jarvis showing today. Uh, but 20 games in, it's um, it's a pretty good... Uh, it's obviously it's, a, it's an excellent team. It's a Stanley Cup contender. 
Uh, I'd like to see them play with a little more bite around the net uh, because you're going to have to be able to get some greasy goals. Uh, however you want to term it, they have to be able to get some of those and they're really not getting them. They're just not. So the Canes head to Dallas for a game on Tuesday. Where they hope to get back in the winning column. By the way, Dallas has been a good place for Jordan Stahl uh, to break a streak. And I believe Nito Niederreiter also has played well in his career against the Dallas Stars. So uh, Carolina is going to need some good fortune. They're going to need some of these guys to get back in the scoring column. Uh, if for no other reason, that it can't be the same guys every night doing it. It just can't. Although it wasn't tonight, it was Nino uh, and yes, Perry Kotkaniemi. So, uh, but they do need Jordan Stahl to get on the score sheet. So let's do, let's get to that as soon as possible. So they'll be in Dallas on Tuesday, home Thursday and Saturday against Buffalo and Ottawa, and then it's Western Canada. Here we come, and here's the road trip. Just if you're planning ahead, here's the road trip through Western Canada. Uh, starts in Winnipeg on, was it Monday? I think it's Monday. No, it's Tuesday. Starts in Winnipeg on Tuesday. Then they're in Calgary on Thursday. Uh, then they're in Vancouver on Saturday, Edmonton on Sunday, then Minnesota on Tuesday. So the schedule has not been kind to Carolina in terms of Road versus home and all of that. But for the most part, the Western trips are done. They still have to go play in Colorado, still have to go play in Arizona. But they're pretty much done with anything west of central time, which is good for me and uh, my sleep schedule. Uh, But, uh, man, the schedule has been tough. Carolina still, today was their, what, eighth? I think their eighth home game. They've played uh, eight games at home, 12 on the road. And when this eight-game stretch is over, uh, it will be 10 games at home and 18 on the road. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's tough. Or it's 11 and it might be 11 and 18, I think, through 29 games. It's a rough stretch. Anyway, uh, that's that. Canes lose 4-2. Uh, still best point percentage in the NHL if you're keeping track of such things. Isn't that nice? It's the Canes Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. From roofing to siding to windows to gutter helmets. Man, have you been on a ladder? Have you seen your gutters? And you don't want to get on a ladder and you don't want to see your gutters. Online, free no obligation estimate, Aluminum Company. Follow the Cades Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating. Give us a review. And uh, we'll be happy to hear from you and love your feedback uh, because that's what we do. We like to hear how you think about the Cades Corner Podcast. Until in the wee hours when the Hurricanes are done with the Dallas Stars and they will win that game. I'm Adam. See you. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.